Sing Podcast. My name is Arneet Singh, and I am your host. Part five, we are on the finale. Here we go. The conversation with Andrew, with Shemin. Oh, why am I doing these? Okay, anyways. Uh, this, yeah, this is the end of the conversation. Uh, it's kind of bittersweet to have it end. Uh, one, because I had so much fun with it and I wish there was more that I could share with you guys because I know that we're gonna be doing more episodes. The other reason is now I have to find new content to put out there into the world. I have to work again. I do this because I have fun with it and I do it for you guys. Without further ado, part five. All right, should we pull this back to politics? <laughs> I, I like to nerd cool. We should come back to nerd No, this has been wonderful. I would totally run a pod of just talking with you guys about this kind of crap. Absolutely. Oh, I would too. I would run a nerd corner pod with you three. Well, you the too. only other thing that I really wanted to talk about was um, just events and their future. Like, the, just the future of, like, concerts and sports and all these things. Like, basically, like, and with that, asking the bigger question of how is our reintegration into being a public society going to look? Like, I, I don't, like, there's plenty of things, like, Disney World isn't opening back up until February 2021, and it's probably going to get pushed further if the vaccine Whoa. isn't available until June, like Sherman pointed out um, over text yeah. with me. Tokyo Olympics are being postponed until 2021, that's a thing. Right. Most concerts and shows are being postponed indefinitely in lieu of cancellation, because, right. let's be fair, StubHub and Ticketmaster want to keep their sales. Yeah. Uh, NBA is testing symptomatic players and staff, but it's probably not enough. The NFL is testing new protective face masks for players. Uh, via NFL's Ian Rappaport, NFL facilities will slowly begin to open as of May 19th. They're not supposed to start the season until September, but training camp is actually supposed to be starting right now, or at least optional training uh, activities at the moment. Uh, and NFL chief doc Alan Sills says, quote, we're not putting dates on the calendar. When we in the NFLPA together feel that we're at a point of satisfaction with the science, we'll move forward. We're moving as fast as the science and data take us. So even That's probably yeah. the safe call. I so I I can speak to this partially because once again, pro wrestling. wrestling yeah. Um, they've been running shows without audiences. And the other thing is just how you don't real and this is something you take for granted during obviously pre-quarantine eras, just how much of an effect of having an electric crowd changes the way live events go. And it has yeah. been completely different watching like i've still loved it and i still you know i still enjoy my wrestling but it's a like this is just different this is weird it doesn't work as well the beats don't hit nearly as fast i mean watching late night has been weird without an audience to react to and colbert is weird Colbert is Colbert has been wonderful because his wife and children are on. They're all lovely. True. And Seth Meyers has figured out how to do absurdist humor in the middle of his yeah. segments. Guy's a national treasure. Yeah. But the idea of like not having that, it's been, it feels, and I guess maybe both, I'd actually be curious to hear both of your thoughts on this. It feels strangely temporary and it feels mm. like things will return to normal, but there's something about it that, every single episode has slowly just started to beat me down into like, oh, this is just the way it is now. I think, yeah. I think that is the intent, though, with the way that they've set up their... Like, like John Oliver is doing a great job of continuing oh, the course. Yeah. Like, I don't... I, the only difference is there's no crowd, but at, for, right. in terms of production value, content, yeah. uh, um, and just the general delivery, like, I feel like nothing's changed. Hassan Minaj yeah. just came back and uh, delivered a really terrifying opus on... Rent. Patriot Act. Yeah, on Patriot Act. Like, I yep. watched that at 2 o'clock last night, and I started applying for jobs immediately. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> it, it was, it was like, not having his crowd there really has an effect. But just yeah. in terms of 
the idea of it all being temporary, again, it is, I think that is supposed to be the way that they want to present themselves. It's like that level of positivity that nobody else is feeling. Right. When you come and see our show, at least you can feel like we have the intent of coming back. So yep. you should too. Right. Um, but to varying degrees of success, I think Colbert, like you said, Myers, Oliver, Minaj, um, the, I think those four are probably doing the best job of doing their job during quarantine with all the restrictions right. in place. People like Corden, Fallon, and all those who relied on entertainment value are not seeing the same level of success, I, I think. Yeah. Well, I think New York's theater scene is just terrified right now because it's like, what's going to happen when we open back up? Is Broadway going to open back up? What shows are going to be on Broadway? Like, when can we start things again? And already numbers on Broadway were go tanking, yeah. aside from yeah. Hamilton. Yeah. Well, and I'm wondering how many of them who were actors living paycheck to paycheck are suddenly wondering if this is going to be the correct field for them. I was actually thinking about this earlier today. I'm like, the number... Well, the number of artists who just due to how fragile the life of an artist is in America, the number of, the amount of quality art that we are going to see, I think for the next generation is going to take a massive downturn. Oh yeah. Because people just don't have the ability to do it anymore. It requires too much to say, go out there, make stuff that people might enjoy and maybe they'll pay you for well, it. Again, there's no social safety net in this country. Precisely. You are if you want kids, your kids will be screwed. Like you need a Absolutely. social safety net to have an art community. I'm probably a little bit further to right than most of my friends, but like when I, there are very good selfish reasons for even neoliberal people to support good social safety nets. Part of that is like, do you want a flourishing culture? Yeah. Like, do you want a flourishing art community? Do you want theater? Do you want like nice things? You have to support them. Because if you buy into the system. Right. Well, because if you want that stuff, you need ways for those people to easily be able to obtain insurance because theaters aren't about to start offering that. You need ways to be able to apply for unemployment in between positions. You need to keep them stable. They need to live. Art well, doesn't. You need to unstigmatize unemployment because Absolutely. the reality is as an actor or a screenwriter or like an artist, you will not always be employed. That doesn't mean you're lazy or a bad person or like not a good artist. You just, you will not always be employed. It shouldn't be embarrassing. It's just part Absolutely. of the job. Yeah. A lot, like, being in the circles of artists around here, actors, directors, screenwriters, all of them, like, everybody, like, the film industry is dead right now. Nobody's yes. doing anything. Right, yeah. All the people that I talk to who are running those circles are, like, they're, they're really enjoying the unemployment life because they were, they're making, some of them, more than what they were making trying to make ends meet as a server or a bartender or an administrative assistant. Um, and even the people who were making more before, it's like, well, this is kind of a great deal because I have all this time now to be creative. And I think that's a really important thing for people to understand that we're not looking at this, at least in this, in the, these circles, we're not looking at this as like embarrassing that we didn't make the right choices in life. We're taking it and we're saying, this is our time to use what the government is giving us to be the things that we want to be or do the things that we want to do. Oh, I'm really glad to hear that. Yeah, that's it's that's great. I, I know it's not. It's probably not you like it's not unanimous. Like obviously, oh, there are plenty of people who are like, I could be doing better things right now. But Absolutely. like, I just did a film with a director friend of mine, a feature film, entirely during quarantine. Like that's the level of that's creativity. really impressive. It's crazy. It's coming. It's coming on Amazon. Uh, once we get a date, well, I'll give it to you guys. But oh, sweet. It's it's oh, literally wow. just about yeah, yeah. Uh, a group from all over the country who will get on Zoom calls and talk about their favorite crime podcast 
and like talk about the cold case that's going on and all that. And like, that actually sounds pretty awesome. It's awesome. I've been doing the social media for it. It's been really fun, but like, it's just so interesting and, and fun to see that level of creativity still happening. Yeah. But in terms of unemployment and stuff, like this is giving us the time to do that. And yeah. in order to destigmatize unemployment, I think everybody has to have a bit of a mentality change. They have to see what they can do to almost like to merit it. Is that a weird way of putting it? Like to merit taking that unemployment and not acting like because. Yeah. Yeah. I can see what you mean. No, but that also in a way it kind of makes me sad because it's like we have such a capitalist society. It's like, Oh, you yeah. always have to be doing something. You have to be productive. I, I agree with that as well, where it's like, I, you shouldn't, feel like you need to earn the unemployment that is your right you know what i mean yeah you are a contributing member of society and you always were you don't need validation of money to prove that you were a functioning member of humanity like (laughs) i get that like from the time from the perspective of like oh i have all this time and time is a gift like time is valuable that's the big thing we have a finite amount of time in our life yeah Yeah. i should do something with this time that i can understand i think again it comes from a millennial way of thinking it's just like if i'm not if i'm not doing something with my time or i'm I'm, like getting free money is a weird thing especially when you're working so hard to get it it's like money that you paid in taxes yeah don't don't pretend this wasn't earned because it was Because that's, a, and I will say, maybe speaking to that, that's another thing that I think millennials fall into is we, we think of everything that's happening to us in those terms of like, oh, this is a positive thing. Like, no, you, that is taxes that you paid. That is rightfully your money. You mm. can claim unemployment. You are unemployed. Take the goddamn money. The stimulus like, that's, that has to be the attitude. And yeah. it's, this, it's this separation from like a deservation complex of like, oh, but I don't deserve those things. Like, you absolutely do. You were a productive member of society and you paid your taxes. You absolutely deserve it. I definitely think that's something important that everybody needs to hear because I do, I do know that I'm not the only person that feels that way. Like especially people who are trying to strike it out on their own and they've been living in this kind of a society where you do have to work yourself to the bone in order to feel like you've accomplished something. Mm -hmm. Receding back to something like this is, is again, it's jarring and you just don't know how to compartmentalize all the feelings that you have from it because you've never taken the time to do it in the first place. And you've only been, you've been institutionalized to, do, to feel a certain way about it. Well, but our, our generation specifically suffers from living in the post-Cold War kind of atmosphere of rampant capitalism and constant, constant work as a attempt to prove that we're deserving of the good things in life. When realistically, those were ours to take in the first place. We've done nothing wrong. Well, we guys, don't have to do that. And have you guys noticed that nowadays when people talk about their hobbies it's always in terms of like oh and i'm so good at this thing now i can sell my hats on etsy or i can like play gigs on the side it's like it's always there's, about monetizing your hobbies it's like, oh my god just like have a hobby and do it who cares there's there's always this there's always the second hustle because there's always that need for more money because all of us have been grinding at it for so long i mean ernie just between you and me probably our actual work total for the past 10 years would out eclipse most people twice three times our age easily. But the problem is that you and I were doing that for significantly less money. I don't know about you, but I was definitely working for barely above minimum at two positions constantly for 10 years. The undervalue thing is, I think, universal. It, it, I worked in the restaurant industry for 10 years. Like that's, yeah. that's the industry that not only got hit the hardest with this pandemic, but also wasn't in the best place uh, in terms of work, like workforce value no. From the very start. Like I was making probably, I, I feel like I was underpaid by at least $10,000 a year. Easily. 
easily and easily. and bonus structures and corporations that's something that never got talked about before this like no. that also needs to be uh restructured in a way that's more favorable to to managers to people who who are earning that kind of well, stuff the, because the, the, the incentivizing is what kept us well the frustration is that if we, if we treat money as it actually is treated within society, you treat that as a show of value. Therefore, by giving people more of an annual income, you are showing that their position and who they are is therefore more important from a societal aspect. I genuinely don't think anyone who, code, who is coding for Amazon, and I have friends and I love them to death, so please, guys, don't take this personally. Um, but I genuinely don't think they should be making as much as they do. And I think that's a fair assessment. And I think that should be cycled back to people who are actually doing crap right now. Like every time I walk into a grocery store, I feel deeply guilty. Like those people should not be there risking their lives for my ability to get food for minimum wage, even if it's above, even if they're union, doesn't matter. What they're doing is more important than anything else that's happening right now. And why are we financially not treating it as such? And that's what gets to me is when you, I mean, for, God, for God's sakes, I work in education, like the most chronically undervalued industry in America. Yeah. Like we, the amount, if we're looking at a sheer who is making more for the, for the nation power here, I have literally built people. <laughs> like I'm going to win that one. I'm sorry. This is not a contest that you win, but it's one of those where why do we treat the people who help build better citizens as lesser Yeah, make less than people who make 0.1.0 repeating 1% of Jeff Bezos's share by going into work and coding from home. Yeah. Why do we do that as a society? And it's something that I sincerely hope we come to grips with in the next couple of years. And that if I can, if I can have one dream walking out of COVID, I think it's that I hope that society in general takes a step back and reevaluates wages for people like CEOs and actual and reconsiders. Well, what do we pay our ground level people who are actually building our business and who are more important in times of crisis? maybe we should treat them better but yeah i think that feeds kind of into the idea that like everybody everybody keeps saying oh i can't wait for things to go back to normal normal but what, sucked. What, what was that right what was normal normal didn't work normal was this idea that had been ingrained in us from god knows when that uh that this is the way that the world works and it shouldn't be and and i do believe that there needs to be reform especially in the education sector where I've had friends who have had to go through rigorous training and classes and certification uh, in order to go into a job where they may not be able to make ends meet for themselves, let alone have supplies to do their job to, uh, like I, I have friends who were going into the teacher's workforce who had to pay for their own supplies for their kids. Yep. Like that's still a thing that hasn't gone away. Uh, just because we're in the 21st century. That's actually part of what got to me about Biden's original campaign premise. Don't get me wrong. I am absolutely voting for that man. That's not even a question. But his original campaign premise when he started off was, I can put, I can put Pandora's box back together. No, you can't. Normal sucked for a huge chunk of America. Normal is what got us Trump. Normal is what got us all of this. Normal sucked. I don't want to go back to normal. I want a better world out of this. And I don't think that's unreasonable. You know what? I feel like if anything, if anything comes out of this episode, I want people to feel like they're coming into a circle of friends who, uh, who care deeply about the people around them 
and the world that they live in. Yeah. And uh, I want people to feel inspired to talk about the topics and the issues that they feel as deeply about and actually affect change. Because I think right. like the theme that's been running through this podcast is, can we get the fire? Can we get the motivation to uh, go ahead and change the world that we live in? And I do think that's possible. Right. but we have to have the right mindset and we have to have these kinds of conversations where we're very open about what's going wrong, what's going right, which is also just as important to talk about right. and be able to make inferences that ultimately we can implement and, and see successful and benefit everybody. So Speaking I thank of which, you guys for that. Yeah. On signs of positivity, if we want to end this on more positive notes, I am sincerely very happy that healthcare workers are finally getting treated decently even if they're not getting paid better that'll happen over the next couple of years i'm super happy to see nurses getting the respect that they deserve uh vaccine from moderna is apparently on its final couple of test runs they're moving testing to up to 600 people so they'll be potentially even get it up and running by december which is a good deal so there's that as someone who's like trying to plan a wedding (laughs) as someone who's trying to you know continue existing in a society that functions did you finally decide on a date you go in september not sure. I think probably, yeah, probably going to go September next Aww, year. That's amazing. Well, yeah, congratulations. Well, September this year, so. <laughs> yeah, well, about that. So. Yeah, we got lucky. I think September next year is the safest. It's, who, I mean, who knows? Who knows? That's a good call. We need a, we need a vaccine. That's the thing. Yeah. Well, as long as you and Kippy are happy together, that's all that matters. That is all that yeah. matters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that was not a convincing yeah. What, what's going on? <laughs> you okay? <laughs> well, I am. It's just that I feel like the, there's been pre- like I, I feel like the the running strain through oh no your wedding got canceled but you know it's all about like it's all about marrying the one you love for me it wasn't because for me it's the way I've always seen getting to have a wedding is is one of the few events that society lets you just celebrate yourself for like there's not a whole that you can just, like throw a party and like have everyone yeah. celebrate <laughs> weddings are one of them so for me it's like the way I see a wedding is if you find someone who can tolerate you and like spend the rest of their life with you that's a unique and rare and beautiful thing. And everyone gets to celebrate that. And to yeah. be told like, oh, you should just downsize your wedding and just be happy that you're gonna, you know, you're gonna marry the one you love. Feels like winning a prize, going to the prize dealer and having them say, like, we can't give you the prize, but she's happy you won. Which is like not a great thing. That's, I did not that's look entirely at it that valid. No, I've never, I've never thought about weddings from that angle. So thank you for providing us with that. Yeah, I mean, everyone sees weddings in different angles. Well, no, but also thank you for providing the two men with a women's per- woman's <laughs> perspective on weddings, and both of us going, oh, oh, we hadn't thought about that crap. <laughs> I'm in general, I'm Mr. Low Key, so I just like I weddings. And I know, like, like, there are also a lot of people who are like, my choice is to go to the courthouse and just get married. I don't want like all of these things, but. Right. You know, Andrew, well, you and I hey. should be ashamed because we're both Indians. We're all about big weddings. Yeah, and right? You're not wrong. <laughs> I, yeah. No, but I, that's, that's a fair point. Like women in modern society don't really get huge chances to like do giant celebrations for themselves. Yeah. And that's entirely fair. And I had never thought about it that way before. So thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully you know, vaccine hopefully comes available. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. There we go. Yeah. yeah. So vaccine soon. That's the positive note. Uh, I I am gonna break this up into like four episodes now. So this Please is do. Absolutely. I have not eaten all day and need to go get food. Let's let's okay. So let's end <laughs> it then. Uh, his name is Andrew Nasargan. Her Hi. name is Sherman Yang. Thank you both so much for joining me on this episode. I really had such a blast. 
Um, make sure to tune I in. just want to keep talking with you guys. <laughs> uh, check us out on Spotify, YouTube. There's going to be a bunch of new material coming out. Um, thank you again. And uh, stay sharp, stay motivated. Peace out.